following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. It's the sequel that none of us expected on this episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me, I have... Uh, your favorite anime-loving cat, Kuro. And returning to the podcast... Amperin, the guy who's here sometimes, who used to be a part of this podcast. <laughs> well, it's honestly been quite a while since Kuro's been on a podcast, but it's certainly been longer since you have. <laughs> yeah, it was like, what, Housing Complexity was the last thing... I talked about with you guys, right? Was it? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, it was oh. one of the Housing Complex C episodes. Uh, a year ago, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. about a year ago. Almost Pretty a year ago, a year yeah. Ago. Yeah, uh-huh. Wow. Wow. Huh. I suppose we should have had you on when we talked about Unicorn or something. <laughs> Maybe you would have had a differing perspective on Unicorn. I don't know. I felt like it was me against everybody who didn't like Unicorn. It was a very sad, sad podcast. <laughs> well, what can I say? I may not know art, but I know what I like. <laughs> well, that's fair. That's, and I haven't yet listened to you guys talk about grunge yet, so I'll have to look oh. oh. Well, get ready to experience... Carl Olson talking about Fooly Cooly. <laughs> because honestly, he makes a lot of good points <laughs> about how uh, things may not be too obvious to some viewers, but uh, it, it arguably lives up to its name better than you might think. And, you know, the, the structure of the show is kind of grunge actually but i can't possibly reconvey it the way he can so i'm not gonna try felt Bye. more equally <laughs> saw to me yeah. you see what i did there see what i did there <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> but what what did you guys think of grunge you know at a at a glance uh, to quote what I said on Twitter, it was certainly one of the anime of all time. Ah, yes. <laughs> one of the anime of all time. I um I really liked the animation style. It gave me like heavy um adventure game uh vibes. Oh. Like it made me feel like I was playing a point and click, you know. I I and I kept feel like the it wasn't just like the style of the animation. It was just the whole vibe kind of felt like a, like a game. And then it had that, it definitely had the fully cooly energy or just the pacing and like the wildness to it. And, and, you know, when I, when I watched the full series, I was thinking about it and I think three episodes to tell that story was just right. Um, Cause it was clearly, mm. it was clearly built and written 
around a limited um a limited specific series, if you will, like, like you can, you can clearly tell, I don't think it, I don't think it could have benefited from any more material unless it was like an extra 15 minutes overall spread across three episodes, maybe to, to the Mm. only thing I definitely was not feeling was the ending. Like with she, the one ticket and then only the girl left. I really, really thought that Harco was leading out to uh, leading up to getting them all tickets to leave the planet because that's a really shitty planet (laughs) yeah there's no reason to want to stay there even if you're like some like i'm okay with shin finding contentment but i'm like but why though (laughs) yeah and like the alcoholic rock like come come on this this poor child get him off this planet this is a very grim existence he doesn't belong it's it's pretty uh pretty dark (laughs) honestly yeah it's not a happy ending yeah and then maybe another like five minutes of scene with the three characters together just to get a little bit more of their dynamic yeah Um, they're the best of friends or so we're told yeah yeah like the closest thing we got to that was the uh the shonati episode just just that little bit of like shinpachi talking to him yeah and then uh orinoko like in the other desk like oh isn't that nice <laughs> shin's a good guy yeah uh it, it and... was definitely more adult in theme i think uh you know kind of I, I mean i really, do it think just, it sort uh, of felt yeah i don't ahead. know if this is the right word for it like it just felt kind of like basic nihilist to me in a way mm. Mm. Oh, yeah 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 definitely like, especially with the way how how it ends like it definitely kind of like I, i'm like i said i'm not sure if this is the right word for it so someone might be writing a comment right now saying that <laughs> wow this person needs to get a dictionary or some shit but <laughs> yeah like like i felt like there was almost like this whole kind of nihilist theme around it I think that's the right use of the word. And yeah, but it still had like the interesting because it was also mixed with the kind of I don't know how to say it uh, um frivolity or or uh, zaniness that is fully cooly. You know, that that kind of balanced it out a little bit. Yeah. Dry, if you will, you know. And and honestly that that Haruko <laughs> trying to zip around and her being like ever present in these three characters arcs was actually kind of funny. Like I thought that I found that to be amusing because Finding out that she has to go by bicycle early yeah. on. is just hilarious. Yeah. And like, you don't know the first episode that she's doing all this. And then by the second, you're like, how? And then by the third, it's, it's just, it's just a funny gag because then you put it all together. Like, Oh, she's really had to do all of this stuff. You know, and and it was it was amusing. <laughs> this scheme is very elaborate. Yeah, a lot of moving parts. Yeah, I, I did, was wondering. Go on. I did notice that compared to alternative and progressive, that grunge felt a little more gritty and 
they uh, amped up Haruko's sex appeal. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of agree with that, and this is probably one of the main reasons I actually didn't really like Haruko in in this series. Like yeah. after after a bit, she actually kind of started annoying me. Like we all know it, she's a no good woman. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, like we all know that she's a shit ass person. Like no one's gonna <laughs> deny that. But like, but like just the like what Kuro was saying about her wacky hijinks throughout the series, it almost felt like they kind of were like was like piling it on, just like. It felt like one of those things that's just like, oh, hey, this is Fooly Cooly, guys. Remember Fooly Cooly? Yeah, good yeah. times. Mm, there was a lot of that, particularly in the last episode. Oh, yeah, especially yeah, like especially during her uh, Haruko talking to Orinoko. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a bit of a caricature of herself. Um, and I, and, and I, I think that that makes sense that it was like, like you say, like a reminder that this is what we're watching. Um, but, but as, as like this, you know what it reminds me of when you're watching like, like long running animes and then they have one off episodes where you have a bunch of shorts. This felt like a, a short in the overall scheme of things. And it, it, it felt just right. It felt like it fit. Um, I think the more adult themes demonstrate an evolution just like the new style of animation they had more adult themes you know like like ren said the more nihilistic um underbelly of the story um and i i did like that i really liked i really liked the animation a lot i know i said that because it's just just, it's fun to see someone take a material like this that has it's known for something specifically and then play around with it and be creative with it. Like you don't, you don't get to see a lot of that with an existing series. And I think that, that I really, I was really tuned into that. Um, you know, the style choice. Uh, and, and I, I kind of wish they had done something like that for shoegaze, like not, not the same art style per se, just something, something different as well. Um, I Mm. wish they I don't I wish, know. I feel like I feel like shoegaze is pretty different as of right now. Oh well, yeah, it's it's you know it, understandable. I mean, I'm not just is, saying like, is a very similar visual aesthetic to alternative because it's the same director. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this, I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, if you're talking visually, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I mean, like as it is right now. Like with with shoegaze so far, like I feel like it's doing a pretty good job at at differentiating itself. Like it doesn't feel, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't believe we've actually made it to the point where I can say this, but it doesn't feel like stereotypical fully coolie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Thematic- especially since, especially yeah. since we have like a new character, like a new not. Not Haruko, but most likely is Haruko, but not Haruko. Yeah. Yeah. Thematically, it has it, it has the um, it has something a unique energy to it. It's still you can see how it's a fully coolie, but it's new and, and it demonstrates like a maturity, a an evolution of the series. 
that's what that was one of the things I liked about grunge too. Like it, it it's moving forward, even with you know Haruko being a bit bit caricature-y. Um, I, I liked it. I didn't I didn't particularly like the ending. I felt the ending was disappointing. Like, but um, I liked the story. I liked the style. Um, and and honestly, I have to say, like this 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 one's probably a bit more memorable now in my mind than I even think one of one of the the other the last two were because I don't particularly remember like I remember I remember vaguely the plot and everything and then some scenes but this one it's sticking in my brain like it's holding on like I I think I'm going to remember this you know a few months from now a few seasons from now and think about it and compare it to other things Hmm. it's made itself kind of stand out probably maybe it was the visual style specifically and like maybe just the the more the storyline being so different less quirky and a little bit more dark um i think the fact that it's basically one long episode is what helps there because all the other yeah. ones you got to think about six different episodes with different themes with focusing on different characters and you might remember the you know the vague plot beats of those but you're probably not yeah. going to re- remember much of everything sure and you know so there's something to be said for like using this form of storytelling too like like if you think about samurai jack when they have the episode the four seasons like it feels longer than it is but it is really all packed into one episode and each of those stories is self-contained or avatar when they do tales of bossing say and then they they go around and in a few minutes with each character like they feel more developed and lengthy than they really are but in truth that they tell the story they need to tell within a few minutes so I, I like that. I, and I'm only the only reason I bring up the length is because I know that there was some complaining online about it. And I think you have to keep in mind the art style and what what they're trying to accomplish when they tell a story and how much time they need to tell it. Like, uh, what were we what was the horror one we that that we just mentioned? Housing Complex. Yeah. Housing Complex C could have benefited from maybe one or two more episodes. This was. The length it needed to be, in my opinion. I honestly don't agree there. <laughs> well, that's, that's a controversial. I- take Kuro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even I think it's like a fourth episode would have been nice. You know. But what would you, what would you say? You know. Well, you what have else? the I mean, you have the three episodes focused on the characters, and then you bring it all together in the fourth. Perhaps, but, yeah. But I also agree that if the episodes were just a little bit longer then yeah. three probably would have been sufficient. But they were, like, less than 24 minutes each. Yeah. Whereas Fooly Cooly has had episodes that are as long as 30 minutes. So, yeah, it might have, might have been good to even have a slightly longer last episode. But, yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. We got what we got. Yeah. And that's one, of, one thing, like, just about me that... Like about especially about short media is like if you don't really do a good job making like connections with these characters, you, it's like really hard for me to care about them when all is said and done. Like 
like after every episode i'm more or less just like like after first episode i'm just like okay that was an episode and then the second episode i was getting kind of sort of invested into shonati and then it mm-hmm. and then they had the whole thing where they showed that oh hey this is all just connected to what happened in the first episode and i'm like oh okay so the third episode is going to be exactly like this and then oh yeah there we go and then in the end i really couldn't bring myself to get invested into any of these characters because they barely give us anything to work off of so i definitely do think that like that extra episode or so extra one or maybe two episodes or or hell if they had just went through and did the six like everyone thought that they would do yeah <laughs> that, that yeah when you that go would... in expecting six and on the second episode they say there's only one left what oh and shoegaze is three episodes too what okay. yeah it's just like it really fe- <laughs> like it really feels like it's just like hey this is a person this is what they went through check out all this crazy shit ah and this, I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. You particularly just don't get hardly any... I mean, there is time to get to know Shin, but you don't really learn much of anything about him. Yeah, it's he, crazy, because he's like... Because you think he'd be, like, the main character, and then in the end, he ended up being the least interesting one out of all three of them. Yeah, and it can I, be argued that because he's a familiar character type that you don't really need to know more, but I don't agree. Why is I, he even there if he's just there to be bounced off of? Yeah, as as a counter, um, it was never about the characters. It's not a character-driven story. The characters are used as a plot device to tell one story, and it's Haruka's story. And what's happening on that planet. That's the story. That these three characters are just perspectives. And Hmm. I, 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 because, because you weren't, I don't, obviously they didn't give, they either, they didn't give you enough time or they didn't put enough into developing the characters, you know, on purpose. Because that wasn't the point of what this, what the story was. I mean, there's like a time and a place for, you know, simplistic character building. But then, like, like, and it seemed like they were going to go that direction with uh, with episode one. But then you get to episodes two and three, and then they go through, and then they go through the effort of making all of these, like, big, as, as in-depth as we can fit into, like, approximately 18-minute backstories for these other two characters. Both of which have pretty like emotional either endings or like emotional beats to them. And yeah. it's just like it it almost just feels like it was kind of struggling to find a a balance in how it wanted to tell its stories. Cause mm. like because, like, characters being solely plot devices, that's, that's like, on a case-by-case basis. Sometimes I'll, sometimes I'm like, okay, sometimes I'll have big problems with it. See my, uh, my review of Fena and how, I, and how I was talking about how I didn't like how Fena was treated in, in that show as basically being a walking plot device. But, but yeah. like, 
But like, yeah, with uh, yeah, with this series, like it, like sure, it's not the most character driven, but they do place a lot of importance on how these characters interact with this world, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like. So it's like they're they're clearly trying to, you know, make the effort to make these characters like sympathetic is what I'm saying. It's like mm-hmm. but it just but with just like the the lack of time and the framing the framing of the episodes and how also how Haruko eats up a shit ton of screen time, it just kind of feels like a waste. Yeah. And that that can also be, I mean, it and without knowing any any more than what I've seen, it could have been conflict amongst the creators, not conflict per se, but I'm saying like that a lack of cohesion amongst mm-hmm. the creators led to that confusion or mixed mixed messaging in the show. I uh, honestly, like, I remember saying this when we talked about the upcoming Fooly Cooly, the last episode I was on sketch, I never had a strong feeling about it either way to begin with. I didn't, I never felt the way about the first series, the way a lot of viewers did. I, it, it didn't, it, it wasn't at the time something I could relate to, um, and then as it evolved, it was more of a like interesting thing. I'll watch it once, enjoy it for what it is. Like you see, because you're watching it on television. Um, and I, a lot of, I feel like a lot of my tsunami experience is like that. Like 50% of the shows you watch because like, oh, this is interesting. What did I get out of this? Because it's on the block, it's on TV. Like if I were flipping channels, yeah, I'll watch this, you know, and get some enjoyment out of it. Like not all of these shows have to have some kind of profound impact on me the way like say Samurai Jack did. So Mm. um, I took it, I took it for what it was. I, there are things I enjoyed parts that I didn't. And um, I'm interested to see what they do with shoegaze. It looks, it definitely gives me the, it definitely has a, a, a unique energy to it and it's moving in its own direction and I hope it continues to do that. Um Harumi definitely has the same frenetic Haruko energy, but she's still her own thing. Like it definitely has that that vibe to it, but still unique. And Masaki, like I like that he's he's a little potato coon, but like he's not attractive as a character. He's not attractive looking. He's a little pear shaped, you know? And that's okay. Like he's he's kind of He's kind of bland. The most interesting thing about him is like his internal, his internal monologue and how he has these, um, how he has these uh, uh, hallucinations or whatever they are. He sees things other people don't. We don't know what it is yet. It's obviously important. Um, and then you get a sense of this dynamic between these two characters who are opposites and yet kind of they kind of need each other because they're both alone. So that's that's interesting. I the story isn't so it wasn't didn't appeal to me until the kid the kid set off the freaking bomb when he was making the bomb. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I had to to stop and rewind because I was like, is this for real? (laughs) 
is this an adolescent with a bomb? Like, is this actually happening? Yeah. <laughs> I almost believe it. They, they made a bomb. <laughs> yeah. Like, holy shit, they, they definitely were taking it there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Turns out they are terrorists. <laughs> Alexa, play hand grenades by the offspring. Sorry, I may have I may have preempted your segue if you wanted to do a a recap. <laughs> uh, I wasn't really going to recap much on this one. So, uh, so far, I we compare this to grunge. Grunge had its quiet moments, but almost in every case, you would get uh, partway through the episode and then it would be all gas, no break. So <laughs> far, this is way more relaxed. Things are happening at a gradual pace, but not too slow by any means. Just, you know, a normal pace. <laughs> the uh, We have Harumi and Masaki in the big tower, which inexplicably has some kind of bird creature on it, which inexplicably you can see scenes from Fooly Cooly and Fooly Cooly Alternative when you pay attention to the what's going on inside the bird. Yeah. And, the, yeah. Yeah. There was something there. And I, I mean, like, is it, is it looking into the past? Is it looking into the present? Is it the, the future? Does it matter? I don't know. <laughs> can it, can it see all, all things? I, <laughs> it could, it could be something. It could be nothing. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. But they've gone to this tower because they think if they investigate this tower that they'll find some reason why the world is so messed up. And this is apparently a world that has already been flattened by the iron. But it seems like only Masaki and maybe not that many other people are aware of it. There's just something off about the world, but it doesn't seem like it's... Uh, completely flat or anything like that. It's just kind of weird. And uh, 10 years ago when that happened, Masaki started seeing things, whatever they are, which every time I see those things, I just think of Mob Psycho 100. <laughs> like little little spirits, little dimples. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's seeing these things. Don't really know what they are. They just show up everywhere, and apparently only he can see them, and only Harumi believes that he sees them. Though she was at least a little bit skeptical at first. And Harumi is just a just a wild child, just a just an unhinged girl who whose opening line is so <laughs> you gonna drink my pee? Didn't know what to do with that, honestly. Uh, okay, I understand <laughs> survival, but we're not we're not there yet. <laughs> we still that, got a couple of honestly, bottles of water. That honestly might be the most disarming opening line of any <laughs> character in history. You want to drink my pee? Uh, he just completely what? brushes it aside, like he's like, oh, this is. This is what she does. Like, and you're you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Excuse me, what? Come back. And then she, like, she I, mentions I, it again. Like I legit again. almost like 
I actually almost flew back out of my chair when he, when she said that. I'm like, I'm like, I was like, what the fuck? We do with this. Like, and then and then you get to the tsunami break and you see him drinking some yellow liquid. You're like, no. It's okay. It was a sports drink. It was a fake out. They faked us out. That's why he says he's like, why are they all yellow? <laughs> Which makes you think, I don't know, makes you wonder. Is that true? If you if you shake it up, do the <laughs> does it work better <laughs> if you shake it up? God. I don't know. It, that kind of makes sense that it, it like activates the electrons or what have you. But uh, yeah, they're in, inside this tower. Nobody else is in there. The the police and uh. Mm. the immigration bureau yeah the, the immigration bureau are there uh including the the guy from alternative who's a bit older now tabata kanda and shortly after he shows up we get 10 years older kana kawamoto yeah i up <laughs> Driving like a maniac. Imagine she's got a bandage goes. on her forehead, yeah, too. She does have a bandage on her forehead. What's up with the what's up with the bandage? What's under the band-aid? Yeah. Hmm. Considering that it's fully coolie, there are some ideas. Yeah. 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 I Isn't love it? that. Love that. Well, it's great to see Kana again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wonder maybe if not the said- is it an Easter egg or is she actually going to be actively a part of this plot? I wonder. Oh, she's, I'm pretty sure she's, she's going to be a main character. Yeah, she's a main character. She's she's the boring adult in the scenario. <laughs> and but, she knows it I mean, too. She, all, yeah. she almost does it as much. Yeah. She says, "Do I have? Do I look like I have pink hair?" <laughs> I don't have pink hair and I don't hit things with a base. <laughs> but at least in uh, Conda's eyes, she saved the world back then. You know, at the end of Fool the Cooley Alternative, I presume. Even though I don't know if that's saving the world. That kind of resetting the world is what it looked like. But uh, I mean, momentarily saving it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe? I don't know. Uh, I, yeah. so, I, st- I still have trouble coming to grips with that ending, to be honest. I'm just like, okay. Yeah, but, I need to revisit it, but... I remember the most the bitchy friend. That's what I remember the most about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pets. Pets. Fucking broke my heart. She was my favorite character, too. I'm still mad about that. Yeah. That's the, the, the vernacular I used. <laughs> the bitchy friend. Like, like, yeah, Kana's a busybody, but you don't have to be that mean about it. I mean, just talk to her. Jeez. Finding out I mean, that hey, they were you know, never friends in her eyes is just. Harsh, man. You know, I, one thing that I did kind of. Vibe with was that the whole the whole notion of if we blow up this tower it will it will things will make sense 
something will happen, right? And the, it's a very adolescent way to think. I felt like that that it, in their minds that it made sense as the viewer, it made sense to to see it that way for them too. It's just such a it's such an adolescent, such a teenage thing to think like we'll do this one big thing and it'll make a difference, you know. Um, we gotta they, take down the conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, and then they get there and it's not. It's of course it's not going to be what they think, and then how they react. It felt like it, it felt very authentic, authentically adolescent. Um, and then the interesting reaction going on in Muskie's brain. Um, that was that was that was interesting. I wonder what that means. Yeah, well, the NO is being activated, but he's also hearing voices. And yeah. if you put on closed captions, it says who's talking to him. And I don't know if this is something that we should discuss yet but you, i didn't i didn't notice that you're gonna have to tell me now because you brought it up all uh, right uh if in the closed captions and also in the credits it mentions that it's adamesque talking to him oh ooh. which oh, i don't think adamesque uh... has ever had a voice before so that's huh. hmm no, with it being so short, it's important to notice little things like that. Yeah, but I was wondering if they were going to reveal that in some more interesting fashion than just what the captions are telling you. I'm going to have to go uh, back and rewatch. I missed that completely. I'm gonna it's have also to in the credits. Yeah. Yeah, so why, why is he talking to Masaki? Hmm. Curious. Curious. Before this, uh, before this show came out, people wondered if maybe uh, Masaki and Harumi were like Haruko and Adamesque before, but obviously this takes place after Haruko, so uh, no. <laughs> but there might be some kind of connection. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, it's great that they go up to the top of the tower. They take all this effort walking up all those steps, get to the top of the tower, and there ain't nothing here. <laughs> but then they accidentally set off the bomb because uh, Masaki's NO activates and causes some electrical power to surge and sets off the gets the uh, the fuse lit. And he's <laughs> like. Just chuck it as far as you can. <laughs> Turns out she doesn't want to die, even though she made that you know statement about how we're all going to die someday. That's a hell of an arm. I could definitely not have thrown it that that far. Yeah. Like, wow. He does not look like he would he would be able to throw it that far. <laughs> I don't even. I mean, I don't even know how he came figured out how to make a bomb tip. So. Yeah. I mean, you could probably find it on the internet. Sure, I, I probably, I but if you looked for it, you might get put on a list. Yes, I'd like to avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I just recently found out that, um, like it, it's seriously illegal to, to, um, like even temporarily create a TV signal that can be transmitted a long distance. Like that's super illegal. Which I get, you know, they don't want people pirating television 
for cable. <laughs> oh my gosh, there was a whole um there was a whole period of time when people were doing illegal uh-huh. radio. Yeah. Well, it was like in the 50s and 60s and 70s, I think. Mhm. But yeah. <laughs> so, don't want to get put on a list. <laughs> anyway, uh so they they blow up up a piece of the tower which unsettles the bird momentarily but it, it's right back to where it was but they do reveal some other structures that was above that and they think oh maybe this is where we get the answers well we'll see it looks like a giant chicken it does look like a giant chicken just you know what that you know what that thing reminded me of hmm it reminded me specifically of like they y'all know that one artist that was like popular on Twitter. I think it was like Kayleigh Flipnote. Hmm. Y'all ever Sounds... seen like their art? Like they they, they, oh, they yeah. make like a bunch of bouncy like a bou- bunch of bouncy yes, animal. Yes, yes. Yeah, that, the that's bouncy what it, little bird. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Oh yeah, you're right. Oh yeah, totally. That is the. <laughs> I need a visual. Uh, find her a link. That's yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it totally does. <laughs> Why is it a bird though? Is that is that also connected to Adam Esk? Probably. <laughs> we will we will see. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, was it clear? It wasn't clear to me, but I I wanted. I thought they had, but I wanted to see what you guys think. When the explosion went off, did the ver- bird become visible? albeit briefly or permanently, to the other characters below. I don't think so. I think there would be a bigger reaction if that were the case. The reaction of Kondig made me think that maybe he saw for a second at least, if not the whole time, not the whole time, but afterwards, the he he had a reaction to it. And I thought Hmm. it wasn't like he was reacting to the bomb because they – it was it was almost like he was reacting to seeing this interdimensional bird. That was just my impression. I wasn't sure if, if maybe you guys had. I didn't pick up on that, but you might be on to something. I totally believe that he could see uh, things like that because he's been close enough to Haruko and Medical Mechanica and NO Energy for however long. So, yeah. I actually wouldn't be surprised if he could already see the bird, but that wouldn't explain why he would suddenly be noticing it. Well, certainly the the image, because the kids didn't see that part, but the interdimensional images or mm-hmm. past or whatever. Hmm. I don't know. I got to rewatch that episode now. Dang. Hmm. Oh, that's the thing about these wooly coolies. I and mean, sometimes you got to rewatch an episode multiple times to catch all the little things. Yeah, there's a lot of visual detail in these shows. They're mm. definitely they're definitely rewatchable. And I think there's a lot of verbal cues that if you if you don't, you, you can miss it if you aren't paying attention. Like I can't yeah, have this on in the background. I have to watch it actively. It can be a pretty hindsight-heavy series. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. That's definitely that definitely is the art style. 
of the um, the creators. I, I will say that the music is great. It's exactly what I would expect. Nothing I mean, it's grounded. the pillows. Like it's it's just the pillows. <laughs> it's it's gonna be the pillows. Right? Yeah, it's got, it picks some like the, pretty good, uh, pretty good tracks for the scenes. Yeah, tracks are solid. It it it, it gave me that vibe. Um, like I hope they have more music feature in the other two next two episodes, just to to give it give it more like like I want to I I like it when the music provides some kind of like directing energy to what you're supposed to experience in the scene especially in anime so maybe they'll do that I but mean, if, there's, really- if there's anything that's consistent about these fully coolly sequels is that the pillows music is good yeah that's like the saving it's like the saving grace of of them according to a lot of people yeah i just my own my only thing and it's only the first episode of course but i just yeah. wish they had done something more creative visually with shoegaze i was just so excited initially and maybe because maybe with the the short that i saw made it look like it was going to be so i was a little surprised when i watched this and it looked just like fully coolie but maybe maybe it'll maybe the next two episodes will be something different perhaps uh a lot of interesting style is going into the ending sequence which is um uh, a particular animator worked on it, uh, Taisei Uchida. And there's a whole lot of bird imagery in that. <laughs> a whole lot of bird imagery. And it's probably flashes of things that could happen in the future. And yeah, it's, I'm sure many people will analyze it, you know. If they even pay attention to the show, <laughs> but it's pretty visually striking, I would say. I personally like the look of shoegaze, but I could understand why it might feel a little bland. <laughs> it you know, it just it looks like you would expect an anime to look. Not necessarily a bad thing, but not exactly. Um, interesting yeah like it makes it makes sense because it looks just like alternative because it's a sequel to alternative but then at the same time it's just like oh yeah this is certainly an anime yes (laughs) (laughs) it is certainly the anime ever (laughs) another one (laughs) oh yeah i I think this has a much stronger start than the first episode of Grunge. That's not hard to accomplish, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, it it approached things very differently in that they kind of just throw us right into the events, and then they do flashbacks to give us more information about these characters, which I think was an effective way of getting the situation going in the first episode and also giving us, uh, you know, a reason to feel anything about these characters. Yeah, it's like it's like you think they're going to lead up to how they got in the tower, but then the thing they were leading up to was, oh, hey, we made a fucking bomb. Yeah. 
<laughs> Apparently, it was no big thing to get into the tower. <laughs> uh, so, there's one thing I could say that so far has kind of impressed me about Shoegaze is, uh, is Harumi herself, actually. Oh. Because, like, like, the way... Because, like, the way she is, especially, like, at the beginning, like, my first thought was that, okay, you know, manic pixie dream girl thing. Like Nobody let Hollywood know. (laughs) Like, Haruko Jr. But then, like, you get those moments where she's just, like, real as as hell. And it's just, like, whoa, okay. Like, especially that last argument they have. Hmm. Like, that one line where she says something like, um... Hold on, I'm like trying to skim through the episode to find it because I can't remember the exact quote. The, the thing about like your you own never mortality. be truly alive if you until you yeah. make peace with your own mortality. Yeah, and like like honestly, the satisfied going through life like a zombie thing that that one hit me in the core because that's admittedly kind of how I've been living for the past few years, and I'm like, damn. I feel like that's how a lot of us have been living. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm like I'm like, damn, this girl whose first line was wanna drink my pee really just hit me in the core right now. <laughs> Wasn't expecting. I think it's great seeing as this is the same director that they are playing more with the world of alternative, because I liked alternative. And if yes. there was gonna be one that you would expand upon, I'm glad it was alternative. Yes. I feel the same. So I think that was a good choice, at least theoretically. And it it kind of does some heavy lifting to, you know, set things for the viewers. Though, if somebody hasn't seen Alternative, they probably get a lot less out of this. Yeah. Yeah, they'll probably see, you know, kind of come up and it's like, who's this, like, who's this random girl? Yeah. Like why are they why are they, why are they giving the her world? so much what? why are they giving her so much screen time? What are they talking about? <laughs> and why is she so upset that she's not gonna be able to get her hair done today? <laughs> you don't get days off in this line of work. <laughs> Honestly, she's so real for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just coming in just like, man, this is my day off. What do you guys want? <laughs> I do hope she, that we... She really ex- grew up to be a, a true adult. I really hope that they explore why she picked this path in life. Because it's probably not what I would have expected for her, though I'm not entirely sure what I would have, because kind of the whole thing with Kana is she had no aspirations. Yeah, pretty much. All of her friends had aspirations but not her you just answer it that's why that's why yeah. she that's yeah that's why maybe <laughs> maybe uh her experience with the crazy pink-haired lady and her thinking uh we <laughs> the world needs to be prepared for this nonsense <laughs> and seeing as i am aware of it i guess yeah. i have to be that person she didn't she didn't have a particular ambition herself, so I think mm-hmm. you can assume someone like Conda approached her and she's like, sure, why not? I have nothing better to do. <laughs> How well does it pay? <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be better than working at the restaurant. Do I get do I get Saturdays off? 
sometimes. Probably no. <laughs> like yeah. it almost makes me wonder if it was it was kind of like a path of least resistance thing for her. It oh, could yeah. have been. It it definitely could have been. But like, I'm hoping that we we actually have more of this explored in some capacity. But yeah, but you know, chances of that happening are kind of slim because it's only three damn episodes. Why? Uh, yeah, kind of. But I think the more narrowed focus of this storyline is gonna give us at least a little bit of time for. You know, because obviously Khan is going to be interacting with these other characters. And I know that based on the trailer, there's some point where Harmy uh, uh, basically tells Kana that she's a boring adult. <laughs> and they don't understand or whatever. So well, I'm sure something like, something a, like that. It happens to all of us. It happens to the best of us. We get there. We can't help it. It's true. You can like, try to fight it, but it's going to happen to you, too. <laughs> and you know like, what? It's not as much as a crisis as, as you thought it would be when you were a kid. <laughs> like, a pop, like a popular meme said, childhood is believing that your SpongeBob growing adulthood is uh, adulthood is realizing that you're Squidward. <laughs> oh. Like your ambition in life becomes, can I can I can I pay my bills and afford health care? <laughs> we ain't got time to deal with teenagers invading a tower i gotta worry about my health care <laughs> that's the real thing though no joke I mean, does, like does the immigration gazes. bureau give good health care i hope why we have an entire effing podcast about these shows it's to give us some meaning in our lives <laughs> I don't know, like I don't like shoegaze. It's making us get too real in this conversation. I didn't I didn't come here to feel attacked. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna retire from podcasting forever and, and live in the corner now. Hey, hey, you. Mic, you just you just gotta you gotta get comfortable with your own mortality here. There we go. Damn. Hey, maybe that's the message we're supposed to be getting so far. Could be, definitely could be. So, so we got some talkbacks here. Let's see if uh, any of these spring some additional conversation. So at rules, Arceus wrote in, I love the story. And I think Harami is the best character I've seen in a while. She made me laugh my ass off the whole episode saying things like drink her piss. It was so dumb and so funny. Highly enjoyed the first episode, even though I don't know what was going on. Eight out of ten. <laughs> that was yeah, a good, pretty, was a pretty good fair assessment. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Davis nine five six eight writes in. I love the story, but I'm not sure how I feel about the characters except for Kana because I love Kana and FLC all alternative. Aw. Well, that kind of makes sense because I mean, first episode, just kind of dipping your toes into characters and and all that. Mm-hmm. I uh, I honestly. Well, they like these two. I think I think they're a fun pair. I, I, I do I do like their dynamic. Yeah, a lot. It's a, good, it's a good dynamic. Like like honestly, I just love any kind of dynamic of deadpan depressed person with person who's like caffeine incarnate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The whole time he's just like, I am never going to get used to this. But then at the same time, he's secretly enjoying it. 
Mm-hmm. It's a good dynamic. It's tried and true. Uh, at WolfGuardian75 writes in, interesting so far. Looking forward to the next Saturday. Same. Yeah. To the point. Me too. As am I. At Big Max Sama writes in, it was okay. I'm sad that Haruko Haruhara is in, in this season and the only girl from the last two seasons. And only that girl from the last two seasons. Sucks without the pink-haired crazy girl herself because she's what makes the series funny for me and steals the whole show for me as a, as usual. Yes, it is a bold choice to do a Fooly Cooly without Haruko. I honestly never thought I'd see the day. Honestly, I'm kind of glad they did because of, you know, haven't, the last... Haven't we been asking for this? It's like, you have other things that you can hang on besides Haruko. You can use That's Medical Mechanica. You can use NO. You can, you know, it doesn't have to be Haruko all the and time. Haruko fills that role of having that... Like I said, she has that frenetic energy, but she's still mm-hmm. unique. You couldn't, I don't think you could have her and Haruko both in the series without it it just clashing. No. It would be it would be too much. So she she does fill that that void of needing a a character with with her zaniness. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Because she's also she's also her own character. She's still an adolescent, she's still a little dumb or whatever, you know, thoughtful. She she has yeah, her. She's own. not just we have Haruko at home. Yeah. I mean, honestly, she's pretty much Haruko with more autism, and I really, really like that. <laughs> uh. She definitely feels like a real character to me. I'm not gonna lie. I was like watching her and I was like, I feel like I could know this person. I think I have known this person. <laughs> oh yeah, really? She, how, ma- how many of your friends ask you if you want to try their pee? You know. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. She, she, yeah, she definitely. Yeah, she feels she feels pretty grounded though, and that that was like the big thing that surprised me about her is that she's a she's pretty grounded overall, e- even despite mm-hmm. the fact that she's like always at a hundred and five at all times. And it definitely, I think yeah. it definitely fits more with the uh, overall vibe of alternative and shoegaze then i think haruko would fit there yeah but so for now after this first episode i say so far it's a good decision yeah i I don't haruko couldn't be this role in this story it wouldn't feel right it would feel very eh, i I don't even know (laughs) having having her around in this tower with masaki instead i didn't know I mean, I know one thing. We definitely wouldn't have got that conversation before the, uh, his NO powers went all crazy. No. <laughs> definitely no. would not have had that conversation. No. No. And that was like the highlight of the episode. So. I'm really interested yeah. to see how the how the theme of like shoegaze music ties into the actual series. Like, how are they how are they playing on that theme in the series? Yeah, uh, I wonder if it's anything more than it's a branch of alternative music. But yeah, maybe it is. Maybe I'm looking. We'll see. On <laughs> when I was looking at it initially, I didn't think "Fooly Cooly Grunge" was grunge at all. But 
No, it way. was ska. It was fully coolie ska. <laughs> but uh, the way that Carl explained it, actually, yeah, it, it does fit certain definitions of grunge. You have to listen to that episode. You do. You do. <laughs> it's it's a really interesting conversation. Uh, and I, I think he's very qualified to describe what uh, grunge can be because he grew up in the era of grunge and also in the city of grunge. So <laughs> technically so did I, but I'm not at all well versed in grunge, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, as, as someone that just listens to a bunch of different kinds of music, I can I can definitely see the the grunge aesthetic of it. Mm. I mean, even just thinking like, just how much is alternative and progressive, anything like alternative or progressive music anyway. Progressive. I I say the most progressive music esque episode of progressive was like, I think it was episode five where everything is just going like all different kinds of directions and and all that. Hmm. Perhaps. If it did, I feel I felt like it did. Mm-hmm. Fair uh, enough. I mean, I mean, for one thing, alternative is the fact that it was just a completely different vibe than what you would expect yeah. from. Yeah, that's why I think alternative kind of, is a you know is a <laughs> the kind of on the nose thing with progressive is oh instead of being uh, a story about a young boy's adolescence, it's about a young woman's adolescence. Mm-hmm. we're being progressive <laughs> but i don't think it's you know it's definitely not that shallow <laughs> just can't help but notice it but anyway uh i say i the reason that i i thought ska is because and i may be completely the only person who thinks this but like if you listen to ska music it has like a really upbeat rhythm and a constant like like you get up and go to it but the actual content of the music is quite serious and dark and that was the vibe i got like the energy was very much like you know a constant rhythm constantly going a beat but like it wasn't it wasn't a, a happy upbeat story that's and I and this this is just purely my own interpretation and maybe I'm stretching it but that only to defend my my little like I'm gonna rename this show but that doesn't even sound good so I get why they called it grunge too like grunge actually just sounds better. Honestly, big Scott fan here. I I see where you're coming from, but I think you're kind of missing the mark a little. I, I'm I might be. It's just a personal. It's just my own view, you know. But you 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 do have a bit more invested in understanding music than I would I, I'll admit. Hmm. I mean, you, like, you want to just think of it like an easier way to think about it. Like when I think of fully coolie grunge, and I think of like grunge music, like I just kind of like I'm not too well versed into grunge music. But I mean, one of the most you know quintessential grunge bands is like nirvana Mm -hmm. and like i don't know why but in my head i just started playing heart-shaped box and i just started thinking about some of the shit that happened in in grunge especially like with shonati's backstory and i'm like okay yeah yeah this is definitely grunge vibe 
yeah, you, you guys should both uh, <laughs> you should both hear how Carl describes it. I definitely did not. Get I, it. I really, I really should, I really should, because <laughs> I'm I'm interested now. Oh, oh God! I just <laughs> looked on the freaking Wikipedia page. It said the lyrics are typically angst-filled and introspective, often often addressing themes such as society, social alienation, self-doubt, abuse, neglect, betrayal, social and emotional isolation, addiction, psychological trauma, and a desire for freedom. Yeah, absolutely, one thousand percent grunge. I totally got the interrupters vibe from it, though. Instead of Nirvana, like. My 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 um headcanon music was the interrupters. Mm. Ooh, that's a good band. Yeah. Since we're talking we're talking about equating like the vibe. This one it's too soon to tell. I think I need to see it as a whole. Yeah, I've literally never heard of shoegaze music before this show was announced. <laughs> <laughs> apparently it's an offshoot of alternative, which is thematically appropriate. Uh, we do have uh, a couple more talkbacks. Journeyman15 wrote in, this is a very impressive story, and the directing in this is very intriguing, considering the three-episode pace they need to convene. Wonderful to have someone from Alternative to build a wonderful rapport and meaning of Fooly Cooly purpose is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And... At Toonami Live writes in, with only three episodes using Alternative as a foundation seems to have paid off in terms of pacing, less need to less need to world build. Abandoning familiar elements, namely Haruko, may help this iteration break new ground, which is my biggest wish for these sequels. I agree. That's, yes. That's a great assessment. That's great. <laughs> and now for... Khaki Blue Socks, Josh Cajun Samurai. And that's it for episode one of Hooli Cooly Shoegaze. Initial thoughts. Part of me wants to be done with this whole thing. Part of me wants to say, you know what? F this. I'm not even going to give this cash grab the time of day. But unlike Grunge, it's not infuriatingly bad. If this were any other show, it would be an automatic drop. But it's only three episodes, and there's seemingly a hint of a tolerable story. I'm just going to stick with it. Uh, can we just give up on trying to make more FLCL after this, please? God, if Josh didn't I have agree. a I would have been so surprised. <laughs> I, I agree. I honestly agree with that. I mean, yeah, like... we didn't need a fourth and a fifth like we didn't need a second and a third. True that. <laughs> And even even though I love alternative, I love five out of six of alternative. Like, why? <laughs> like, like I, I'm always just like, why though? Of all of the series to try to expand upon, this ain't I mean, it, at geez. least, like, at least, at least, alternative kind of thematically felt like what a continuation of Fooly Cooly should be, but. Even then, it's just still like, why? No, I get it, and and I will make I'll explain why. I have a good good reasoning behind this because unlike other series where you have one overarching storyline, Fully Cooly it 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 gives you an opportunity to have similar themes, but but playing around with different creative um, platforms. Not just the animation style, but the story and the music and all kinds of things. So, like, they're able to stick to this one 
brand and try different things out with it. And, and you don't get to do that a lot in one anime. Like you have to keep making different animes to do that. So I would argue that I get why they did it. And I think that with art, it's, it's important to try these things out, not just to see like, you know, audience response, but to really flex those creative muscles. I think, especially if you're in the entertainment industry, you know, after a while, you probably get ennui and, and boredom and you want to, you want to try different things and, and fully cool. just, it just gives you that platform to do it because they, they left a lot of ideas on the table after the first one, like that they could play with. And one of them being like, all right, let's try it with a girl. What would that be like? What if Haruka was split into two different personalities? What would that be like? You know, like, like trying those things out and seeing how they played out. Like I, I can see that. And I, I think that's interesting. Just like with this, like, what if we try doing a different animation style entirely? What if we make these really short pieces? Like, what what if? What if? What can we do with this? Uh, and and I I like that in anime. I like that a lot. I like it when they when they push boundaries and try new things or try mixing different things together. And I've been saying I've said that with a lot of things. It's one of the reasons that I liked um, Blade Runner, trying a different animation style. You know, so so that I will be a bit of an fully coolly apologist here. For that reason, I think it's a, it's I mean, a fair, um, fair reasoning. Yeah, but I'm also like, I mean, you can try different things without having to use something popular as a crutch to do it. It's true, but it is much harder to get executives to sign off on a new idea. Yeah, we, there's always money involved, so they have and, to. Honestly, I don't even know how how much money this would be even making them because I remember <laughs> like I remember seeing like Japanese impressions on the the last two seasons of the last two sequels, you know, Progressive and Alternative, and they all fucking hated it. So I'm like, did we really? Did anyone really ask for grunge and shoegaze? Like I don't like. I'm fairly certain that at least 95% shit, I'll probably go 98% of like anime fans would have been okay if they just never touched the property again. Actually, I feel like a lot of them would have preferred that they never touched the property again, but I mean, eh, or in the first are. place. In the first place, yeah, exactly. But, yeah. you know, I I look at people who like really gel with Fooly Cooly who actually like these things, and I say Hey, if they like them, that's great. <laughs> I, I, I wish I could have their perspective. This might be. Like, a good I mean, like I, I still like, like, like I still give them all like a fair shot and, and whatnot. But you know, yeah, it just kind of so. doesn't change the fact that it just wasn't necessary. Like, like honestly, I feel the same way about Fully Cooly Alternative that I feel about Toy Story Four. Like I, I think Toy Story Four. Like I, I enjoyed it when I watched it, but I also feel like I also, you know, watched it and thought, yeah, we really didn't need this movie, but I enjoyed it. I strongly agree that we did not need a Toy Story Four. A vehement. We really don't need a Toy Story Five. No, no, we don't. I didn't even think we needed a three, to be honest. But I thought two had a beautiful ending, and we should have just left it fucking there. And we thought that we needed a sequel to The Incredibles, but boy, 
We were wrong. We didn't need that. We didn't need that story. Pixar, stop. Moral of the story, Disney keeps making too many sequels, and because of that, everyone wants to make sequels, and it sucks. It's all Disney's fault. Blaming them. And everything's a cinematic universe. You got the fully cooly cinematic universe now. Uh, Yeah. Because there's at least two timelines. Like, like, honestly, I would have rather preferred it that they just didn't. Like, if they had just made, like, a spiritual successor to Fully Cooly. And yes, just spiritual use Fooly, successor. Like, literally just do what Bomb Rush Cyberpunk did with Jet Set Radio Future. Like, you yeah. could tell that it's based off of Jet Set Radio Future, but it's its own thing. Like, you could have just did that and made a lot a lot of people, you know, happier. Just just for the sole fact they it doesn't have the Fully Cooly name attached to it. I don't know if it would necessarily make people happier, but... I'd be willing to bet, and this might be like a private conversation you have with Maki, but mm-hmm. I'd be willing to bet that this was one of those things they were told to use the branding on and not that they came up with that. And so they tried their best to incorporate these other ideas into it. And that's why grunge feels the way it feels. Well, yeah, production IG. Oh, everybody loves this, so let's do more of it. Everybody loves Hooli Cooly. Let's make some money. Easy money. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, wasn't like the yeah, cre- I don't think wasn't like the original creator kind of like like okay <laughs> with just leaving it alone to like He was indifferent at best. <laughs> it was like, look, I don't want any part of this, but if you're gonna do it then I suggest you get new people and new ideas. Yeah. And they Which don't I think they the- did do. But whether or not they were good ideas is debatable. And, you know, the industry is kind of going through some massive changes right now. And, like, I would imagine that money plays a big part in some mm. of these decisions. Mm. We've been saying repeatedly you know, we want original content. We want original content, especially for Toonami. And I think there's a really small window for what that is and what that would look like. And so that's why, you know, they throw us these. They throw what, us. Why these. is it a small oh. window? But, well, because because now all the all the drama with Crunchyroll and Crunchyroll being really locked down. With first of all, we 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 can't get them that's not what i'm talking about i mean i'm not i'm not sure what you mean by it's a small window for originals studio you have to not not time wise i mean like entry wise you have to have a studio that's willing to invest money in an original production with Mm -hmm. something like adult swim which is relatively small in in Uh, that's what you mean yeah so, so it's, you know, yes, they can, they can replay these on HBO and Netflix and make money off them. But premiere wise, it's, it's not like this is going out and, and, you know, they're, they're getting a bunch of, of retail out of it. Like it's, it's kind of a slow burn at first. So I feel like with, with Toonami, because there's such, there's such a little opportunity it, it's not necessarily financially sound for some of these studios to like invest in in putting a lot of you know new material out so but alternatively then they find younger newer talent 
that get a chance to experiment because they will do so for less money. And then we get some materials that are good or have potential, but not quite finished because they just don't have the experience. You know, some of the, some of the creators may not just have the experience like Fena, I think felt really incomplete, um, had so, so many great things about it, but it was really incomplete, you know, and story-wise, for example, like things like that. And I'm not trying to be unnecessarily critical. I'll tell you what, they can use all the fresh animators, storyboarders, character designers that they want, and it'll be fine. What they need is a seasoned writer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We've talked about that a lot. We've talked about that a lot. Like, the good writing really is where we've seen a lot of but not just in not just tsunami shows, like in a lot of anime that's on the market these days, mm-hmm. they're just really lowballing the writing, and it's disappointing. Yeah, that's why they all went on fucking strike. Yeah, uh, yeah. I understand. And they won. Yes. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Power them. to the people. Anyway, I'm pontificating, but it was just it's just a thought. Like I I I want to defend at least I want to at least provide some alternative like balanced viewpoint here on this podcast to not just outwardly be critical and dismissive of some of the things that come on there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I I understand. Yeah. Like I said, if people who love, like they live and breathe fully coolly actually get enjoyment from these things. I think that's fantastic. Now I know there are also people who adore fully coolly that want nothing to do with these. And I can understand both points of view. At the end of the day, I think it's cool that they're letting uh, fresh talent take a crack at a legendary series. Mm-hmm. Especially, I'm especially happy for the voice cast because oh, yeah. they all seem to be super thrilled to be involved with a Fooly Cooly, and you know, good for them. I think yeah. that's fantastic, and I also think it's very interesting that uh, New York AV Post has cast non-binary and trans actors in these series i think that's fantastic and they're not you know they're not playing arguably non-binary or trans characters they're playing a role and whether or not they are non-binary or trans doesn't really factor into it but i think i don't know I, i i think it's just we're at the point where it makes sense to have non-binary and trans actors in a Fooly Cooly show, because I'm sure there are so many that Fooly Cooly means a lot to them. Yeah, freaking yeah. big ups to Jesse Nowak, though. Yeah. I, yeah, I've like I've like known about Jesse Nowak since like the early Team Four Star days, and just to see that mm-hmm. come up is fucking great. Like, that is super cool for them. I'm I'm so happy for them. And like super shout outs to the uh the voice of Harami Kim Gasil, I think is how it's pronounced. They they are they are doing like people were like super convinced that, that was Kari. I was like, no, I don't think so. But she is nailing some of the the Haruko line deliveries. Yeah, like I, her, I thought it was her, I thought it was yeah. Kari Walgren too. Like, yeah, I, I didn't even think about it. And then I just saw the voice cast. I was like, oh, oh, hell, what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's fantastic. 
and I I really don't uh, subscribe to the theory that it will turn out to be Haruko because for one thing, at the end of Alternative, Haruko got blasted far off somewhere. Now that doesn't mean she can't come back, but has other worlds to sow chaos in. Exactly. <laughs> off on her own adventures. Precisely, which may or may not be happening at the same time as the events of this. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I could see that being the case. Though, interestingly, there's no flashes of progressive, as far as I could see, in the in in those um, moments where you can see images from prior Fulikulis. Now, that could just be because it's. Uh, the director of alternative and he's using his own stuff as well as the classic, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> there are people that are joking. Like, yeah. They're only using clips from the good ones. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty harsh, <laughs> but fair. Fair. I mean, they are kind of uh, yeah. disconnected. So, I mean, mm-hmm. makes sense. Uh, at least in the cast list, it shows that uh, it, not just Kana will be appearing, but uh, su- supposedly also one of Kana's friends. Uh, oh gosh, what was <laughs> what was her name? Why is it uh, Mosan? Yeah, uh, Mitsuru Mosan Motoyama will be appearing at some point. Oh, which, cool. Uh, either that or <laughs> I don't I don't know. Uh Marin Miller is involved in some uh manner of the production here. And she was in the photo with with uh, Jesse Nowak and and Maki. So that might not mean she's necessarily gonna show up, but I mean probably. And uh honestly I hope uh <laughs> I hope to see the one that's not pets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's uh, it's it's interesting that we are getting a voice for Atomisk for the first time, and it's um, Mike Zinternicholas. Maybe he just always wanted to do it, <laughs> or maybe they're like, we need a voice. Mike, you do this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he does he he does work there, so I mean you're already here. <laughs> like every every NYAV post dub, gotta have him and Stephanie Shea somewhere because they like own they like own the place. So I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're directing, so yeah. All right. Well, I think that will do it for this conversation uh, unless you guys have anything more to add i think i think we're all hopeful that this is going somewhere and please so far so good and hopefully the last episode doesn't ruin everything again no (laughs) i don't want that That that's all i want is just for it to be is just to be good the whole way through and not make me feel confusion at the end, please. <laughs> Five out of six. <laughs> like straight up, like straight up. Like, and, I, and I said this on the podcast before, if it wasn't for that last episode, Fully Coolie Alternative might have been my anime of the year of that year. 
That is unfortunate. Yeah. Really, I I definitely don't dislike it as much as you do, but I do have my issues with it. No, what he's describing is the strength of feeling I had for the ending of Fena. <laughs> Same. I mean that that was me that was me up until about episode eight or nine ish, and then I realized I was like, oh no, there's not enough time. I'm tired just, of seeing people saying Fena only had one, two, or one or two good episodes. That's not oh. true. Oh no! Fena like, had several good episodes. Like, yeah. like everything up until like episode eight was like prime, prime goodness. And then they had to rush. And it was like, oh. They could have just taken the whole stupid Joan of Arc thing out of it completely. And come up with something else. pretty much needless. That was was what really fucked it up completely for me. And and I'm still like, I'm still burning about it. Because it was so beautiful visually. And I just hate. I hate what they did to the ending of that. It made no sense. And I wanted to go on more pirate adventures with her. I wanted to see them like take over ships and like do stuff and, you know, naughty arrow wielding boy i just wanted to fan fan out on him you know and now we're never gonna get more and you have to track down the dove because it's never gonna air on tv again yeah let's not talk about it it just makes me mad or come to home video thanks (laughs) wb yeah thanks david zass zass whatever that dumbass's name is i don't like him i don't care Mm-hmm. Or two, another another lost opportunity if we want to get angry about more stuff. Let's not. <laughs> we could be here all day. That should be a separate separate podcast episode. Us just angry getting mad about angry about. We'll call it the episode of lost opportunities. <laughs> yes. Lost opportunities. Oh boy. Well, I think we can wrap it up here. So, uh, Amp Ren, tell us where they can find you. I am on the Twitter. I'm still calling it Twitter. Never As calling it X. Yeah. I'm at Amp Ren Let's Ride. I'll be there until Elon Musk finally turns the website into 2005 Macromedia Flash or something. I don't know what I don't know what he's going to do with it. And uh more on. I uh I am now unretired from music, so uh Yay! Woo! All of my stuff is, you know, still on my on my bandcamp. I still sort of have a SoundCloud page open. I gotta make a new one though. But just search up Amperin and you can find it. Yeah. hmm And Kuro, where can they find you? Um, on the site, formerly known as Twitter, at Happy Crow Kitty, and I post a lot of, I try to post a lot of fun, happy stuff, 90% of which is cats, the rest is anime or art, um, and, 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 and excuse all the antiquity stuff, it's an obsession of mine. I'm not sorry, I'm just warning you in advance. <laughs> it's going to show up if you follow me. But do follow me and, um, and, 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 and love to hear what everybody thought about anything we talk about. Please feel free to reach out to us, you know, tweet at us. As long as you stay polite and um, use good manners, you will get a response. I just will not a- guarantee a response. I, I will just respond. <laughs> just don't be mean. Actually, I usually respond. 
yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. And that will continue to be the case, at least until they maybe uh, actually do this thing they're thinking of doing where they have to verify your identity in order to keep Twitter. Yeah, the moment they start doing that, we're done. Not happening. <laughs> we are not doing that. There's also something in the fine print about being able to, uh, uh, like, record everything that you write and, uh, you know, use AI to learn from it, I think, was somewhere in there. Because, of course, of course, there's some AI nonsense in there. Because <laughs> that's the world we live in now. Ugh, disgusting. But, yeah. No, I like to keep my online stuff away from my IRL stuff. And if these things have to intersect in any way, we're done. Not happening. Um, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. That's an invasion of privacy, Elon, and I will not stand for it. I also will never pay for Twitter. <laughs> so if you ever get to the point where everybody has to pay for it, if they want to use it in any capacity, no. Nah. Can't he just go to Mars and leave us all alone, please? I know, right? Just go away. Leave us be. Go try to find water on Mars. We're fine. We'll be okay. Just go away. Go away. Maybe he should try and find a new wife on Mars, too. (laughs) (laughs) Save the women. Uh, If he marries on Mars, maybe he won't have to deal with alimony. No, I take that back. No, because then he'll keep reading, and I don't think that should happen. No, we don't want that. <laughs> we don't want that. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, we're done. Done trolling. We should no, house no. house clean. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna end up having more kids in the world named X E A I L twelve or some shit. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Yikes. You can follow us on Facebook at Tsunami People Podcast or on Twitter at Tsunami Podcast. You can listen to the podcast on just about everything, including Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Deezer, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Overcast, PodBay, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Radio.com, Spotify, or the TuneIn Radio app. And you can find every episode of the podcast stream online at SoundCloud.com backslash Tsunami Faithful Podcast and get the latest news by following at Tsunami News on Twitter and read the news, views, and reviews on TsunamiFaithful.com. Oh, yeah. And you can email us at podcast.tunamifaithful.com if you had any additional comments on Fooly Cooly Shoegaze, Fooly Cooly Grunge, or anything Tsunami related. Really, we're uh, always open to hear your commentary and feedback. That That's feedback about our podcast, not feedback about Tsunami so much, because, I mean, we don't control that. Yeah. <laughs> if we did, we wouldn't be having these conversations about shoulda, woulda, coulda. <laughs> yeah yeah but i would definitely still be airing two episodes of one piece every week <laughs> if, if i'd be in charge we would have gotten heroic age on toonami and a long time ago <laughs> it would have been awesome if i were in charge of toonami there'd be a mandatory viewing of hamtaro every week <laughs> that's why you're not in charge Tsunami. What are you talking about? That was single-handedly saved Tsunami. He's the greatest anime of all time. That's right. I can't handle that much Hamtaro. I really just can't. That's right. <laughs> Look, they're 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 playing 
Dexter's Laboratory on Adult Swim proper now, I think we can get away with playing Ham Taro. <laughs> For the nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Checker Past. But uh, and that is evidently doing really well. It's uh, increased adult viewership in certain demographics by like a hundred percent. Not shocking. (laughs) That's all we wanted. Just something other than Teen Titans Go. Now let's be fair. It's mostly Gumball at this point, which is a good show, but not. When it's like half of Cartoon Network's whole day. Good yeah, show. But yeah, if no, it ain't Teen Titans Go, it's Gumball. Yeah. Yeah, they've been kind of light on the Teen Titans Go lately. It's almost surprising. Because they oh, have really? a lot of episodes of that now. I've been seeing a lot of classic Batman come up on my feed on stuff. I feel like there's a lot of renewed interest. Well, Bat- I mean... Batman Does interest for Batman the Animated Series ever truly die? Not no, really, no. I've been seeing it a lot on my feed this year. It's really made me want to go and watch it. And I had briefly an HBO subscription because I I, alter, I cycle through my, my scripts. And I was thinking... I think it's on Amazon, too. Yeah. I might be wrong about that. It gave me, like, hardcore nostalgia vibes for watching Batman again. I, I'm a total Batman obsessed as, as I've talked about here before. Like I, I love Batman. So anything, anything Batman will catch the way you love Ninja Turtles, but not quite as much, but almost. Man, as we didn't get any Batman movies this year. I mean, we, yeah. we got, we got it in uh, injustice and uh, justice league versus the fatal five, but surprisingly not, not any Batman movies. They might be running a bit low on ones that they think are worth airing, but Soul of the Dragon, man, that was a fun one. Just reminds me, it's time for a rewatch of The Long Halloween. Sure, that's thematically appropriate. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna Even do it. Most of that movie does not, in fact, take place on Halloween. No. No. Let's wait. <laughs> What's your point? It actually covers multiple holidays, which is kind of neat. Yeah, that was that was cool seeing all of that on on Toonami. I actually watched that with my father, even though not all of it live, since yeah, it was pretty late at night. Yeah, I watched it with my partner actually, who's not an anime fan, and we both enjoyed it thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, but I am surprised that we didn't get any kind of Batman movie on Batman Day this year. But they're playing a whole bunch of live action Batman movies on uh, Acme Night on Sundays anyway. So and some animated uh, DC movies, too. Like, uh, I think the Super Sons aired recently. That was an interesting one. We're going to have a we'll have a break, presumably, before. We get the next part of Dr. Stone, so... Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's not starting on Crunchyroll till October 12th, so at earliest, maybe four weeks from then, sometime in November. I can't at wait. Earliest. It's driving me crazy. I need to know what happens. This is going to make me nuts. Like I know. This is... 
honestly, it's going to be hard for me not to try to watch it before Toonami plays it. <laughs> I want to know what happens next, but not yeah. enough to read ahead in the manga. I'm, I'm not at that point yet. But I might get there. <laughs> like, I watch one episode of this new season and I'm like, oh, well, now I want to read the manga. I was so tempted to look up spoilers. Like I, I, I was really, really considering it. Oh, don't do that. Yeah. No, just read I was the manga. Like, <laughs> just, just read the manga. Just get the Shonen Jump subscription. It's like two dollars a month. You can just read the entire series in like a couple of days. Two ninety nine. They raised it a dollar. Oh yeah. How much time I spend reading books? Like I just don't have time to add more things to read. I just don't. There's, there isn't any. <laughs> That you can fair. if you're brave enough. <laughs> yeah, no. I got so much manga and comics that I could be reading, and I just never get around to it. <laughs> Same with me and light novels. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've got uh, quite, quite a few light novels. And, and anime. Like, you got you to balance all your time out for all the right. media. <laughs> Exactly. Shit, I haven't had time to do that. I've actually been busy with music stuff again now that I'm unretired. And I'm like, damn. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Love to hear it. Yeah, you know, figuratively. As long as you're enjoying the time you're spending, yep. it's time well spent. I am until I get to the mixing part of it. The mixing part sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like editing a podcast. <laughs> Speaking of... <laughs> I, I think we have a I think we have a podcast here, Sketch. We sure we sure do. Yeah, we haven't formally ended this, I forgot. We're talking <laughs> like it's we're talking like it's over and we haven't said goodbye yet. That's right. That is true. And we're uh we're up to Yeah, it's slightly over an hour and thirty minutes. <laughs> well <laughs> maybe some things will be trimmed. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. And uh, until next time, we're punching out. Don't make bombs that explode towers. Yeah, that's a, that's a terrorist thing to do. He's